Go back, if you can, through your childhood memories to that earliest image of God that was given to you. Maybe it was from your parents, maybe from a Sunday school teacher or a fiery preacher. What do you see? How was God first presented to you? What, what image stands out? I would venture to guess that whatever this image is, it has had a huge amount of influence on your life. No doubt, the first image a child receives of God is crucial for that child's spiritual development, either for good or for bad. So think about it. How might one's view of who God is develop if God is first presented as an all-controlling puppet master perched high up in the sky? Or... If God is first presented as this demanding lawgiver ready to pounce on anyone who colors outside the lines. Or if God is presented as a grandfather-like figure ready to give you whatever you want whenever you want it. But blessed are those whose first image of God they receive is Jesus the Good Shepherd. That's a fine place to start when it comes to to our understanding of who God is. But based on the hundreds of conversations that I as a pastor have had with others about their own perceptions of God, it's obvious to me that this image of God as Jesus the Good Shepherd is unfortunately few and far between, and the church suffers for it. There's a picture in my office I've had ever since I was a young child. I believe it goes all the way back to my my baby room hung on the wall next to my crib by my parents. It's the first image I remember being given of who God is. Now, the artistic talent it took to draw this picture, it will not win any awards. The item itself would only sell for a dollar or two at any garage sale. But the impact it has had on my view of God, and therefore on my life, is incalculable. It's an image of Jesus holding a young boy in his arms. An image that growing up communicated to me the personal love and presence of God a thousand times over because in my mind, I was that boy. Always safe, always secure, and dearly loved. And I'm still that boy today. That is the power of whatever first image one receives of God in life. As our children here at All Saints have finally begun meeting again on Sundays for Children's Church, Katie Beavers, our new Children's Church coordinator, along with her team of parents and volunteers, they've all been taking a closer look at how we might raise our children in the faith. And one of the curriculums that has caught their attention is a curriculum that has been around for over 40 years, and is presently used in over 65 countries. You may have heard of it. It's called the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. And it's called that for a reason, because that's the image of God they start with. That's the image of God they want all children to receive before anything else. Which means that the first piece of scripture these children interact with in this curriculum is our gospel reading for this morning, the Good Shepherd parable found in John chapter 10. 
I want you to listen, how, listen to how on their website, the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd describes their approach with this passage. They say, We restrict ourselves to highlighting only this parable's various elements and to helping the children savor their richness. The points on which we linger, those that most enchant the children, are above all the personal love and presence of the Good Shepherd. He calls each one of his sheep by name. He knows each intimately, even if there are many sheep. And he calls his sheep as gradually they become accustomed to the voice of their good shepherd. In this way, they say, a, a precious relationship is established. A thread of love binds the sheep always more closely to their shepherd. I mean, isn't that great? A thread of love that binds the sheep always more closely with their shepherd. That's, that's what we want for our children. That's what we want for us. What an incredible starting point from which to develop a fuller vision of who God is. Uh, perhaps this is why Psalm 23 has captured the imagination of the masses more than any of the other 149 psalms. Because its vision of God resonates so deeply within us. Because this psalm demands nothing from us other than to dare to believe that it might be true. That yes, I am tenderly cared for. That yes, God desires to restore my soul. That yes, God is with me through the darkest of valleys and that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Praise God, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, as I mentioned earlier... I am well aware that this image of God as Jesus the Good Shepherd is sadly not basic to most Christians. The pictures on the walls and the minds of most Christians are distorted images of God. Images received from a hodgepodge of persons and places throughout one's upbringing. A, a vengeful God here, a, a disappointed God there. Maybe a God of manipulation or an aloof God or even an, an abusive God. And so on down the list. It's these distortions that are basic to most of us. And so, if that's the case, what do we do? If our vision of God got started off on the wrong foot, where do we step now? How might we start again with Jesus, the Good Shepherd? Well, my answer might feel a bit controversial, you know, as if it's part of the problem itself. And at one level, you'd be correct. But on another level, I believe it's an essential way forward for each of us. How do you start again with the Good Shepherd? You immerse yourself in the life of the Good Shepherd, which means you immerse yourself in the life of his body on earth, the church. Why might this be controversial? Because we all have our wounds, don't we? The church has left her scars upon our vision of who God is. At her worst, the church has been guilty of instilling and perpetuating false images of God in our hearts and in our minds. The church does not always act as she should, like Jesus the Good Shepherd. But, but, at her best, when a local church is healthy, not perfect, but truly seeking to cultivate a life that imitates that of Christ. That's when healing and compassion 
and belonging begin to rise to the surface. That's when the church becomes, as she's always meant to become, the embodiment of Jesus on earth. And if Jesus is the good shepherd, then the church at her best will be expressing the qualities and characteristics of this good shepherd. The church then will become the place to be known by God. The place where we shall not want. The place where we can lay lay down in, in green pastures. If you look closely, you'll see that that's actually one of the connections that exists between our gospel passage today and our reading from Acts. The connection between the good shepherd's actions and that of the church. We see this connection when we turn our attention to the background for both of these stories. A background that each of these stories share. A miracle of healing. And so in John's gospel, the event that leads to the good shepherd parable is Jesus healing a man born blind in chapter 9. Even on the Sabbath day, this is what the good shepherd does. He is always showing compassion. That's the background. But then, in our passage from Acts, the background event is another healing miracle. But this time, it's not Jesus himself who does the healing. It is rather the church in the name of Jesus who heals a crippled beggar. Do you remember how Peter looks intently at this beggar and says, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk. And the good shepherd does it again, but this time it's through the church. That, in fact, is why Peter is on trial in our passage. Because just like in John, here in Acts, the religious authorities are raging Peter is asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And Peter replies, let it be known to all of you that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ. Or we might say, by the one who reveals himself to us as the good shepherd. You see, if Jesus is the good shepherd, then the church at her best will be the hands and feet of Of this good shepherd. It means that in this age of loneliness and isolation, individuals will be known by God through the church. It means that in this age of sickness and disease, individuals will find God's healing power demonstrated in the church. And it means that in this age of fear and scarcity, individuals will find God's provision and care. In the church. This is how you can start again with the Good Shepherd. You immerse yourself in the life of His body on earth, the church. No, the church is not perfect, we know that, which means All Saints is not perfect, but I was encouraged this past week when I received an email from one of you, from someone here who has been praying for a friend caught in one of life's many struggles. And then you told me that as you were praying, a thought hit you like a bolt of lightning. I know, you said, I'm going to invite this friend to all saints. Because you realize that your friend, as you put it, needs the hope and healing of the liturgy, the strength and faith that comes from our common life, and the fellowship of all these wonderfully faithful people who are so interesting and fun. That's what you said. 
And then you went on to say this, and this is what caught me. I trust all saints so much that if my friend accepts my invitation, I know he will be blessed. In other words, I know that he will come within the reach of the good shepherd's embrace, like the picture of that boy on my wall. That's how he can start again. Indeed, that's how you can start again. So no doubt that our image of God is crucial, right? But no matter the first image you received of God, no matter how distorted it was or how many scars it has left in your life, you can start again with the Good Shepherd. You can immerse yourself in the life of the Good Shepherd by immersing yourself in the life of His body on earth, the church. You can start again here with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for revealing yourself to us primarily through the person of Jesus Christ, who says to us, I am the good shepherd. And then gives us his spirit so that we can go out in the world to be the hands and feet of Christ, so that we can be the presence of God to a hurting world, so that we can be the good shepherd to those who need that image of God instilled in their hearts and minds above all. And so help us all again to be that kind of community. And wherever our image of God is is distorted, may we start again by immersing ourselves in the richness and the goodness of this gift that you have given us, the body of Christ. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.